And again, to just elaborate on why I feel like we won and our window is bigger, not only is Ben Simmons younger, he's only 25, and he still has a good floor. He's a good, he's already a proven NBA player, right? But also our rookie, Cam Thomas. In February, he's averaged over 18 points per game on 47.9% field goal shooting. Like, that's, I'm sorry, guys. He's better than Karras was his rookie year. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's another great day to discuss other people's excellence. I'm the unforgettable one himself, Mr. Brett Carroll. Charles is always daydreaming, and we're two guys that get paid by Prokhorov to give you this propaganda. This is a new series. This it's as you know, we are both sports nerds and pop culture nerds, and we decide to blend our two nerdums together for a new series we're going to call What If? Um, and you've probably seen videos like this on YouTube before. We're basically just going to go over some what ifs in sports history, like, what you know, what if this person got drafted by this team or da-da-da-da-da. But we're going to start with the Nets because we literally have seen history shift right before our eyes. We talked about it on our last pod. You know what it is. The James Harden trade for Ben Simmons. We're going to do this before any of these teams have played a game together. We're just going to do it now because at the end of the day, no matter what happens, I think we have, as fans, have been robbed of a potential otherworldly, at least offensive team um, that we never got a chance to see because of injuries and everything else over the last two years, or not even the last year that, that they were one, together. It was just one year. Um, they had the one series or one game in the playoffs where, like, the three of them scored, like, 82 points. And I think, what was it, 16 games in total they played together? Yep. Uh, everything has a winning record. 16 games, the, the big three played something like 40 games. Um, 40 games 49 and 29 when, when at least two of them play. And, f- and 15 and 12 when at least one of them play. So, which, which, which is amazing in itself. Um, I mean, you just differ what we think would have happened if if the big if not only did they stay together but if last year say say everything went right for the nets Kyrie doesn't get hurt harden doesn't get hurt they go on and win the title and we're sitting here right now in on february 23rd 2022 at the time of recording uh 11 years uh after the nets traded devin harris Derek favors and two first round picks which became georgie dang and enos Cantor. For one, Darren Williams. That was 11 years ago to the date. And I already written uh, for nothingbutnets.com years ago already. I, I wrote a what if about um, what if Dwight Howard, that trade went through and we had the pick and roll with D. Will and Dwight Howard, and yada, yada, yada. So this is actually not the first time I'm doing a Nets what if. And the irony is for that what if, I didn't have them winning a title. And in this what if, not to get ahead of myself, but I only if we would have won last year, I think that would have been the only one. And and I say that because everything that's happened with James Harden, absolutely everything that's happened with James Harden. Like, explain that. Well, 
he, we saw how, how the second times got hard, he dipped out. We were number one in the East less than a month ago or about a month ago now. And here we are, and he's a sixer. And, oh, they're, the, they're not even the title favorites with him as a sixer. He's not getting any younger, which is, you know, the like a, just one of the things that people say in sports. But when it comes to hamstrings and weight issues, here, I'm about to be 33 in August, guys. It's not, it doesn't get easier to lose weight as you get older. So just with that as a human being, knowing that he's not this cardio freak or this workout freak, and he already has hamstring issues, the future doesn't look great. There's, there was people that were getting on us for signing Kevin Durant because of the injury. So that just comes with aging. That's one. Uh, the, the bigger issue would be the attitude issue. He wants to be the top dog. He wants to have all the the credit, essentially, the, the, why KD left a good situation in the Warriors to create his own situation in Brooklyn. Sometimes I'm not saying it's a negative. I'm saying that's how players a lot of the times act. They just want to have all the credit. And Harden wants to be the guy. So if he would have won here in 2021 in Brooklyn, I think by now, right now, he might not be gone yet, but he would be working to get traded to the Sixers because that's where he wanted to be. I feel like that would have been inevitable, regardless of a ring. Me and you were arguing you know, just as fans before the trade happened, like if we won, this wouldn't be happening. And I took the, I took the stance of if we won, this would still be happening. Like it would just be happening for other reasons. So I feel like the Nets big three, their best chance was last year. It's a huge, what if just because of the, the sky's the limit feeling those three offensively had, especially when they played together for the short couple of times we saw it, we pretty much got to see a, uh, a uh, Olympic run light, essentially. We didn't really get to see them play 20 games, but we got to see them enough times to know, well, they would be a problem if all three of them played together. So here's the, here's the, here's a weird thing about this. What if, because there's several what ifs within this, what if, right? If the Nets won a title last year, but it was just a hard and hamstring injury to remember the hard and hamstring injuries, because he decided to come in overweight for camp in Houston. He decided to be out of shape and, and literally force his way off the team because to let them know that he was not playing, that he wanted to leave. So the hamstring injuries that occurred last year and that are still plaguing him, that still played him this year, I feel like those what-ifs have to stay there because that's what he did. So unless he was going to change his whole approach about getting to Brooklyn, that's going to be there. So he still hurts his hamstring less than 20 seconds into the semifinals. Remember that. He literally got the jump ball, made one move to the basket, and tweaked his hamstring and was basically done for the playoffs. So the real what if is what if Giannis does the right thing and doesn't hurt Kai? And I think now it's interesting to your point. Because I think with Kyrie and KD, I think they go on to win a championship. I just truly believe that. I mean, um, we, we routed the Bucks by 50 with just Kyrie and KD. Right. I, I think they go on to beat, obviously beat the Bucks. I think they beat the Hawks. I think they beat the Suns. It might be a close uh, series with just those two, but I think they pull it off. Um, simply because those two guys have been there before. The Suns have not. And I think at some point that would have reared, that would have helped the Nets, right? Even if the coaching situation is obviously Monty Williams over Steve Nash. Um, at the end of the day, I think that's what happens. Now, 
Because of that, to your point, what does that do for James Harden's psyche? Because he gets a ring, but he doesn't get credit for the ring because he's not part of the actual ring chase. So psyche now is a nice way of saying ego. I mean, but it is. Let's be real. That's what this is all about. Egos, right? Yeah. Mind you, as of this recording, it's already been announced. The vaccine mandate is going to get rescinded in March over the next couple of weeks. Like I've been saying, and and which is another reason why this what if is hilarious, especially today, because James Harden to me, and I've been saying this all along, was just really short-sighted. And his approach to this, because... Again, the numbers are the numbers. When these guys play together, they are damn near unstoppable. And if I knew in January when all this was going on that the that the mandate was probably going to get rescinded by mid-March, best believe James Harden knew that, right? And so he still said, yeah, I don't want to deal with this. This is not what I signed up for. And like I said on that pod, he had every right to feel that way. Right. He had every right to feel frustrated. What I said was the timing of this was silly because to me, this was everything was in the Nets' favor. If he would have stayed, played hard, had all those road games with Kyrie on his side, they lost 11 straight games, even if they went six and five in that stretch. That's a totally different dynamic, a totally different feel to this team. And I think the Nets would have said right before the All Star break, hey, James. How's your hamstring feeling? Hint, hint, wink, wink. So he could have gotten a couple weeks off while the Nets have all these home games coming off the break. And come mid-March, Kyrie, Katie, and James Harden would have all come back together, had a whole month to kind of blitz through the last uh, month of the season and go into the playoffs. And it's the same. We're seeing it play out with Ben Simmons now, right? Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and KD seem to they are all going to come back together mid-March, blitz through the end of the regular season, and get ready for the playoffs. And, again, short-sightedness. And to your point, I think in the scenario in which the Nets win a championship without the services of James Harden, I think his ego is crushed. I think his ego is hurt. And I think he sits, he sits there and he says – I don't want to be here. I'm not dealing with Kyrie. I don't like Brooklyn. I don't like the da, 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 da. everything he did. Because right, again, in the what ifs, we can't say, well, what if the pandemic didn't happen? The pandemic's here. It's going to be here. It's going to be something. The pandemic was here before James Harden was ever in that. Like, right. So, so the what? So that part of what if happens? We know Kyrie. No matter what universe this is, he's not taking the damn shot. And that's that's for one thing. They're, they're, and, and we are never doing a what if the Corona pandemic never fucking happened. That is. You talk about butterfly effects. The, the 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 impact on the world since March 2020 is immeasurable when you're talking about sports in 2022. And it's only been two years. It's been it's been a couple more weeks. It'll be. No, it hasn't even been two years yet. It hasn't been two, again. My birthday was the day the world the sports world shut down. I'm not 30 yet. I got a couple more weeks. So it hasn't been two years yet. But to your point, the impact is ridiculous. So. That's where this is interesting. The real what if is if Kyrie doesn't get hurt and they win a championship, does James Harden have the mindset of, okay, let me help this team win more so I can get my credit for these rings? Or does he say, you know what, once again, I feel like I'm the odd man out here. Let me go somewhere else and try to win a championship there to prove my worth and my legacy. I I think think it still happens the same way this year. Not the same way, but 
He still ends up in Philly. Obviously, maybe the pieces are different because if when one team wins the title, other teams make different moves than they do when the Bucs made the title. So, so we don't know if the Bucs would have made moves. So we, we're not going to get too much in the weed and the butterfly effect that could happen because, honestly, that would take research that neither Brett or I did yet. And we both know that there are so many moves. We were, even though this is that's propaganda, we still like BS Network. So we're not getting into the, into those nitty-gritty of... Which is also just a time thing because if we actually had more time today and me and him just looked up some moves that were made directly in correlation because of the Bucks winning. And then we, we could play the game of with the Bucks move Middleton, would the Bucks try to get some picks back from, from, from all the trades they made, stuff like that. But we don't got to. They won. Congratulations, Milwaukee. And if but if the Nets win, I still think Harden's trying to get get his, get his way out. I still think the Ben Simmons trade happens, which is which is still interesting because we don't know how that's going to work well, out. Well, here's the funny thing. More I think about it, if the Nets win, is Giannis is Giannis the one asking for the trade? He's already hinted that now that he won the title, it's like, oh, well, you know, I don't think I'm gonna stay in Milwaukee forever. You know no, I, mean? I think it's the opposite. I think he would be. I think he's more KG Kevin Garnett in that sense, right? He got so close with the Bucks, he would be motivated to win with the Bucks. I think the the openness to not being a Buck is easier now because he got the ring, kind of like LeBron in Cleveland. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, I I agree with that, but you know how Giannis is. He's he. Again, he's been he's been flaunting ever since we he got the ring. Hey, oh, I, he, no, he's a champ. He deserves the flaunt. I, I'm not gonna hate on him. I don't care. It was a legal. It was a legal play. Um, oh, I did it without a big. I did it without the super team. I did it without a super team. If the reality hits of damn, wait a minute, the Nets blitzkrieged us and they were only and they were down one of their guys, right? I, you know what I mean? That's the thing. It's not the fact that they didn't win a championship. It's the fact that, wow, wait a minute. This Nets team is going to be scary for a long time. We had no chance, and it was just two of them. What yeah, happened? But, but unless they make the move, which wouldn't happen for Ben Simmons because that team would be garbage, I, I think that it's Gianna staying in Milwaukee, not demanding a trade, and then moving, say, a Chris Middleton and, and, and someone else for a Bradley Beal or something. You know what I mean? Like, get 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 more firepower that's guaranteed to get another superstar. Hell, they could have been they could have been in, in play for Dame Lillard if they were really interested, if they lost, but they didn't lose. But if the Nets won and, you know, whatever, we're hanging up that banner in Brooklyn, the coronavirus still happens, Harden still takes issue with Kai, all this, all this, all the same bullshit about Kyrie doesn't really care. He, he's, he's got two rings now, so his focus isn't on playing, yada, yada, yada. All right, the narratives that you know would be there would yes, still be man. here right now. And and me and you right now uh, on this recording feel really confident in our team, if healthy, to win a title. So I would assume that if we won last year, we would still be this confident. The, 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 the funny part is I feel more confident in the roster because of a, a uh, Seth Curry, because of an Andre Drummond, because, because of a dragon we're way more. We were. We're way more about now. Here's what me and you different. We're in fucking Drogic, bro. Me and you were Nets fans. I don't know about you. Me more me. That definitely wanted to trade like Brook Lopez to the Suns to get Goran Drogic when people were acting like this dude's a you know well he's the third best on the team. Cool. Send them our way. You know what I mean? Like back back. I feel makes me feel old that there are going to be people that don't remember him on the Suns with that three headed monster already, but. That's how long ago I became a, a Goran Dragic fan. So the fact that we got him off a, a uh, you know, not waivers, but but a buyout, 
that's amazing. So this team is built to win now again. If we won last year, I really sincerely, not to, to constantly turn this into a, a hate on Harden hour, but, but that's the difference. I still think that happens. Here's, here, here's the one thing, and again, I, I already gave the scenario where maybe he feels left out. Da, da, da. Here's the one thing I still disagree on. I personally think, this is just me personally, I personally think that Harden is lazy enough to say, hey, you know what? Why, if I know for a fact this team, if two of us are healthy, we're going to win the chip, why even rock the boat? Um, and that, well, and actually, just, you just you just rang the bell. You just uh, made me think of something. You know what the big difference would be? That all three of them would have been re-signed by now. Obviously, Kevin Durant is re-signed. Harden missed the date or some shit, but he would have re-signed back at the beginning of the season for that Supermax immediately. And if we won the ring, uh, you know, there could still be a one-year deal. But I, re- I do think Kyrie would have an extension, too, because he was the catalyst to get KD in here. And then within the first contract, we won a ring. You re-up on shit like that. And if he doesn't, and if he doesn't, and like I said, especially in that Sun series, you got to believe that that Kyrie would have played a major role in winning and winning the series. Obviously, KD would have probably won MVP or whatever. Okay, but, I was about to ask you. I'm like, did, aren't we both thinking KD's the MVP in this scenario? Yeah, no, or, no, no. Yeah, like, yeah, he probably would have won the Finals MVP. But just like, like when the one with the Cavs, even though LeBron won the MVP, Kyrie had an MVP like series. Obviously, LeBron had a better series, but but Kyrie had an MVP-like series. If you weren't going to give it to LeBron, Kyrie probably would have won it in the 2016 finals. And I think it would be the same thing. So even with the pandemic, knowing what's going on, I think the Nets would have felt uh, better about giving him a long-term extension, right? So knowing that they're they're signed long-term, knowing that this is a thing – I honestly don't think Harden asked for a trade in that situation because to me, I think his goal all along was to was was that was for those two guys to carry him to a ring. I me personally, and this is I don't know him. I don't know this is just from a distance, just watching him for the entirety of his career and some of the things you just hear about him just in the space, right? In the bubble of people talking. Uh, even just me and you talking, I just get a sense that this guy doesn't really care about a championship. I think he wants a championship because he knows you have to have one. When you're a guy of his magnitude, you have to have one. I think if it was up to him, he could care less about a championship. I think he wants one so that people would leave him alone about not having one. So I think, honestly, in that world where they win, I think Harden's fine. You know what I mean? I, I think I think Harden's fine because, like, yo, I got my ring. Y'all can't – even if I didn't really contribute to it, y'all can't say I don't have a ring, right? Um, and, and again, and, and maybe, maybe he's even more motivated to say, oh, you guys need me to step it up for a month while Katie's out and I still got Kyrie with me for most of the games. I will do that. You know what I mean? Like, I, because now it's like, well, bro, I know for a fact that we're healthy. We're going to win as many rings as possible. All I got to do is keep myself health, healthy for one of these playoff runs and they'll give me the credit for contributing to a ring. I think that's what he wants to do. He wants to contribute in quotation marks to a ring. 
he's seeing Joel Embiid is having an MVP season. He's seeing Joel Embiid has the Sixers as a top two seed without Ben Simmons. I, I guarantee you he's sitting there saying, yo, man, let me ride those coattails. That's just the sense I get about James Harden. I, I just don't think. I could, be, I could be totally wrong. Like I said, I don't know him. I've never said two words. Well, I don't think you're even wrong. I'm just saying right or wrong about what you just said. Actions speak louder than words. You know, I, I I believe what you're doing more than what you're saying, right? And I was saying that to you off, off, off wax, you know, when, when the reports were coming out. I was like, he's agreeing with everything that's being reported, but just shitting on the report. That, that's what politicians do. They'll agree with every little line item, but then go, oh, well, you believe everything you read. You just agreed with everything. And no, but, I, but I'm agreeing with that too. Uh, that, but that's my point. His actions are telling me this is how he is. Because again, that, and that's what I'm saying. If they had a ring already, and if he knew, as long as Kevin Durant is coming back healthy, even with a part-time Kyrie, we're basically a shoe in for another ring. I think his actions would be different because I think it's I, I don't because his actions his this actions, year. His actions his, this year. Think about it. Like he was complaining that Steve Nash wanted a more free-flowing offense and not the ball to ISO to him every single time. That's not even that deep. And you know I'm not against ISO ball if it's working, but for you to be completely against a younger coach's system that Let's be real. Me and you aren't the biggest, you know, fans of head coach Steve Nash. Like, we're not going to sit here and act like he's the perfect head coach. But me and you have never once said this dude doesn't know how to run an offense. Like, that's not the problem. His problem is with little coaching issues like timeouts, when to take them, when not to take them, when, when, when with certain substitutions, like the little minutia that you, you only get when you're watching these games over a certain amount of time because you keep seeing the same problems. The, the uh, offense itself, when, when you don't have the ISO ball and it's flowing and you got, once again, everybody healthy, Harris sinking the open shots or Curry sinking the open shots or, or Cam sinking the open shots. It looks a lot better than dribble, 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 step back, three, miss. Like, and, and, and let's be real. And that's that's, hard. A, that's an issue. That's hard. And, and, and. One, I don't know about him running an offense because had he had he run an offense, I still think we beat the Bucks with just KD because that was the problem. The last three games, we just give the ball to KD and the ISO every time down the floor, and but that and, and Joe Harris couldn't make a goddamn shot, right? And and, ho- and hope that KD's heroics can get us there. And, he, and, and to KD's credit, he basically did. It yeah, but but at the same time, if Joe Harris's shots are are, are dropping when he's wide open, Nash looks like a better coach. He does. No, that's, right. That, that's, that one of the, that's one of the, the smallest – that's one of those small issues that even though you've heard me complain about Nash as a coach, that's one of those things that what you've told me in the past, at some point the players got to execute. No, but I also blame Steve Nash for not taking Joe Harris out. It was obvious his confidence was shot. Take him out, put somebody else in. But who's that like, somebody else? No one was taking We shot. had guys that could at least make a shot. We just needed Joe Harris to make one shot. We got somebody that can make one shot. Uh, Jeff Green, as well as he played last year, there was no reason why he shouldn't have been playing more and down the stretch in those last three games. He can still space the floor and hit, hit a three. He can still play make and give KD a rest. So uh, I'm not. let's not go off on the tangent of, of Steve Nash because I do think Steve Nash has a lot to learn as a coach. I'm not saying he's not going to be a great head coach, but right now he's got a lot to learn as a coach. But I do agree with you about how James Harden wants to play basketball. And, again, 
actions, right? It's proven when he's off the ball, homeboy don't even move. He just stands there and watches people do what they do. And he's not as engaged. So again, but that's to me, like, that's my, I think we're, I think it's one of those things we're looking at the same thing and we're, and we're interpreting it different ways. You're interpreting as he wants to be the man. He wants to do this. I interpret it as the, the guy's just lazy in, in his approach of wanting to be great. I think he would have been fine on the nets knowing that all he has to do is do his job when he's asked to do his job and they're going to win the title. I think he'd have been fine with that. Um, now, obviously, he's proven that he doesn't want to be shouldered upon when the team needs him most because then he goes avatar and disappears. That's exactly what happened. The moment they really needed him, he said, oh, all right, deuces, I'm out. I understood so, that reference. Yes, now you understand that reference. Thank you. Um, so we, we both see that. That's obvious. And that's why you know my respect for James Harden – has plummeted because I'm like, yeah, the one time they really needed you, you like, nah, this is not what I signed up for and left. It is. That's why you have a big three, bro. That's why you have a big three. If somebody goes down, you still have two dudes that can hold down the fort. And the, you're gonna and say, the amount of, of Kyrie haters that have completely, have completely, there's zero responsibility on James Harden as a superstar. It, it's crazy because in the same breath, one fan, take one person, this one fan, We'll hate on LeBron. We'll hate on Kyrie and then defend James Harden. And, and, and think about all the different issues those three players have, how different all three players are. But you don't like Kyrie because of all the toxic locker room, yada, 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 that may or may not have been true in Boston years ago. Not, not in Brooklyn, in Boston. James Harden. I have yet to hear anyone. The only person that, that came to his defense, period, he just fucked over, and that was Kevin Durant. And I, name one other teammate that has came to James Harden's defense that wasn't talking about how he's fun at the strip club. Like, what are we talking about? Where is this hero ball? He was top 75. He's one of the top 75 players of all time. He's better than T-Mac. He's better than Vince Carter. He's better than Kyrie. Because Michael K said the, the best thing that I've heard yet, he ain't talking shit. He, as in James Harden, ain't talking shit because Kyrie will undress him in the postseason. He will get on the court and expose him because Harden ain't playing no defense and they're both going to be playing the two guard. If Ben Simmons is healthy, I, I've, I've come around. I've done a 180. I, I thought play him at the four and just let him be a four. Best way for that dude to get confidence back is running point, playing point forward. Dick Wall, let me, let me, let me, if Steve, <laughs> if Steve Nash is smart, they're going to do both. They're going to have him play the dunkers position. Sometimes they're going to have him play point guard. I, I honestly think the way I would play this is if, especially in the regular season or whatever, let him get, let him play, be Draymond, get the fast, get the rebound and go right. Fly, get those tra easy transition buckets, get those easy transition points get everybody involved, do like that. When the playoffs come, especially in the fourth quarter, I think I'd rather have him in the dunker's position because I want him catching the ball near the block, and I'm telling Ben Simmons, they're going to foul you. Go up strong and dunk it on them. I'd rather you go to the line shooting one than shooting two, right? 
And then you'll have more confidence shooting free throws, knowing that these are gimme points and not needed free throws, right? Um, It's much easier to shoot a free throw knowing that you don't have to make it. You already got your two points as opposed to, damn, I got to make these. We need these two points. That's how I would do it. Now, I have no idea how Steve Nash is going to do this. No idea. It actually scares me because of how versatile this team is. There's so many ways they can do this. Um, this is a deep team. And, and this is really where you probably would want a veteran coach, an offensive guru, an offensive genius that can play around with these moving parts. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know how they're going to use him. I think for now they're saying they're going to use him at the power forward position. But as you know, and as you said, they can use him at the point, and that's fine, and that's and that's that's cool. You know what I mean? But like if the Nets win a title this year, like Steve Nash is going to be in the same position that Eric Spolster was in over a decade ago, or a decade ago, I guess. But I, I, I don't feel that. I feel like Steve Nash, his worst run just happened. That ten game losing streak was the worst stretch of his coaching. And was it his fault? Like, I don't, I don't think every game was on him. That's also unfair. Like, he's he's learning through a curve, too, because he became a rookie head coach, and he had that safety net. He had a, a superstar safety net the whole time. Yeah. But right after the trade deadline, the Nets looked like a completely different team. So how much of that bad run was less coach, and once we made the trade, was addition by subtraction? No very, no, very true. Uh, um, and a lot of people in that locker room, basically, and that happened to be fair to James Harden, that happens to every team that knows they're going to be part of the trade deadline, right? Um, especially role players, because you don't know. Well, to be fair to James Harden, he's the one that fucking made us a team at the trade deadline. No, no, I, I, I get that. But the point of the matter is every team that's going into the trade deadline that knows they're going to be part of it. A lot of times you see teams don't play don't play well because you don't know, right? Am I going to have to move my family? Where am I going? Certain players know, like Kyrie, KD, they knew they weren't going anywhere. But everybody else on that team, you don't know what it takes to get a deal done. I just did my 1.5 draft with the trades, and it was a trade that would not go through no matter how many times, how many assets I was throwing at it. So you don't know what it might take to get a deal done. You don't know if you're a person that has to be on the chopping block in order to get a deal done. You don't know how many players are bringing back, right? We, we had to get rid of Bembry, who I don't think they wanted to get rid of, but because they got so many pieces back, they had to cut him just for roster purposes, um, just, to, just to have enough uh, roster spaces. So there, you know, there's always that element of it. And so, yes, I'm not surprised that the team wasn't playing hard during that stretch, that the team doesn't look in, didn't look interested, especially on the defensive end, because you don't know. And once the trade is over and you know you're safe, it's different, right? You could breathe a sigh of fresh air. So, you know, it, it's that part of it, I think you're right. Most of that was on the looming trade. I wouldn't put that on Steve Nash, although there were a couple of games that, if he would have done things differently, I think we win those games. But that's neither here nor there. But but how many games this season, at least, did he want to do things differently? But it turned into beard hero ball. You know, right? And we, we'll never know that, right? You know what I mean? Well, that's that's what's part of it. We'll never know. We're not in those huddles. We'll never know how that is and why certain things are done in a certain way. So 
you know, that's to be fair to Steve Nash, we should give him that benefit of the doubt too. Because if you're trying to run something, and to be fair to Harden, the guy that's been there all year is, is saying, well, I want to do it this way. You kind of do have to cowtail to him because, you know, he, he's there. And Kyrie might not be there. KD might not be there. So you might have to go to, with James Harden's uh, recommendations. So, All right. So while I got you here and we're talking Nets, uh, today or yesterday, Sean Marks actually spoke to the media. Or did, or did a sit-down interview that was telecast through all the Nets channels and all that, and he was asked what the expectations were. And according to this Tom Dow written piece, he did not hold back. Quote, championship, I mean, that's it. I would be doing 17 players and another 60 staff members over there a massive disservice if I said anything other than that, because that's why we're all here, said Marks. We have an incredible ownership group. Joe Sy, talk about putting your ships in the middle. He has supported us and supported us, and he continues to support us. From that standpoint, we know what our expectations are here. And he would go on later saying, it was our first uh, practice back after All-Star, and you could feel an exuberance. You could feel a different vibe, said Marks. Guys are hungry to get back after it. It's tough when you've had four or five days off, and there's some new siblings in town, and guys want to rekindle relationships. It was exciting to see a lot of the conversations that were going on today, for sure. So it's a good sign that after this blockbuster trade for the NBA, that at least on our side, for our Nets, everyone seems to be in a good mood. So for everybody that uh, last week or whenever that was saying, well, you know, you didn't get rid of the toxic, James Harden left the toxic. But we don't feel toxic here. Don't feel like the Nets feel like they lost something. Well, those are those are just Kyrie haters. Those are people that are still trying to make it sound like Kyrie devised locker rooms and makes it impossible for people to enjoy their work experience. And I just don't think that's true at all. And y'all can call me biased all you want. Again, let's just go by what's on the court and what's on the field. Every time you see him, he's hugging guys, they're smiling, they're laughing, they're having a good time. Team, team shooting is up when he's on the court. Yeah, and not not only that, like we said it before with Boston, you haven't heard any Boston Celtics say anything bad about him. Uh, they all said no, it wasn't Kai, it was all of us. We all da 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 da. So that's a media thing that they are trying to hammer home so bad that they won't let that go, even though you know it's been shown that that's not the case, right? And unfortunately for Ben Simmons, we have heard Sixers players say things about him. Danny Green just said something today. So obviously that was a really bad situation. Oh, no. It seems like all the narrative around Ben Simmons held truth because it doesn't seem like any Sixers are coming to his defense. Um, right. And in regards to Ben Simmons, Mark said, um, just to have that versatility, and I'm going to keep harping on the versatility that brings that he brings offensively and defensively, said Marks. It's going to be a matchup nightmare for other teams. There's no question that he's already proved that he can do that. And it takes a little bit off the load off of Kevin. Maybe it puts uh, Kevin in a different light. Maybe it puts Kyrie in a different set of circumstances where they don't have to handle the ball all the time. They can get out there and run the wings, vice versa. Ben can run uh, those wings. And when we see how fast he is at spreading the floor, I think we're coming at waves against the opposition, playing at pace that should Prove good for us. Sorry about that. My, my phone kept going black for a well, second. You asked a question, and I and I want to uh, 
answer because it's a what if, right? This is not, we're not talking about the reality. We're talking about the what if. And the what if is if James Harden would have stayed, how many could have we, we have won? Realistically, um, assuming we don't, assuming everything happens the way it happened last year where we don't win, right? Let's say he, he nutted up and stayed and didn't ask for a trade. I think we win two rings. That's it. I was going to say one or two. It um, have to be this year and next year with, with James Harden. And I'm not trying to hate on James Harden. I'm, I'm giving him a damn ring or two in this scenario. Uh, I'm, I just feel the ceiling for Harden is now, right? Or like, you know, like, like his peak as far as titles go is from 2021 to 2023. That's his window. Now that we've acquired Ben Simmons, and we got a couple picks back that we actually didn't spend. We might spend in the future. Who knows? But I have all the faith in Sean Marks. I feel like the Nets window went from these three years to the next five. Absolutely. Because they got younger. They yeah. Got younger. So I am being I'm like, I'm not saying I'm not being biased. Nets propaganda is not Charles Day, the journalist. Nets propaganda is Charles Day, the Nets fan. And I'm letting everybody out there that can hear my voice know that I feel like the Nets won the trade 100% and well, that our window I, I, got I, larger. I think we, we won the trade. Um, I do think that our window opened up a lot more simply by the fact that now we know Ben Simmons is here for the next three years. We know Kevin Durant is here for the next four years. We'll see what they do with Kai. The only, the only reason why I'm going to say two is because we have to be realistic and say this team barely played together, right? The 16 games. And we know James Harden is, is now injury prone. We know Kyrie uh, is never going to be around for a full season, no matter what, it, it seems like. Only four seasons with 60 games played. Yeah, and, it, and it's ironic because last two years weren't even about health. The last two years has been about other stuff. Um, so he's been able to stay healthy, but... Well, that no, three. The last three years have been about other stuff. Last year, he played right around 50, uh, 50 60 games. Yeah, he played the most out of anybody, ironically. Yeah, well, he, he played he, the most. He, that, he that's the weirdest thing. That's the weirdest thing. He played the most out of the big three in 2021. And all these assholes this year are saying, well, Harden's played more for you than than, than Kyrie has. No, he hasn't. Yeah, like, as a Nets fan, I want to let all y'all know, no, he didn't. Well, But remember, that first year he had the shoulder, so he was out for a vast majority of the first year in Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, but I'm saying last year alone, and then mix it, you know, like, no, he didn't play. Harden was not playing the most. I, I, I let everybody know that. Most of Harden's best games as a net, he was sharing the backcourt with Kyrie Irving. Right. Period. So at the end of the day, you know, I, we got to make that a factor that this team will probably never be fully healthy for a full year. And because of that, you got to think there'll be other times where, like last year, injuries just creep up in the playoffs, right? Unfortunately. So I'm only going to say two. I'm going to say this. Any year that they're – I'm going to say like they're like the Warriors. Any year that they are healthy, they would have won the title. But I cannot predict that even if Harden stays and he re-signs in the offseason, I cannot predict over the next four or five years that they will be healthy every year in the playoffs for those five years. I just can't predict that. I think – unfortunately they'll probably only be healthy for the playoffs for two of those years and again to just elaborate on why i feel like we won and our windows bigger not only is ben simmons younger he's only 25 and he still has a good floor he's a good he's already a proven nba player right 
but also our rookie, Cam Thomas. In February, he's averaged over 18 points per game on 47.9% field goal shooting. Like, that's – I'm sorry, guys. He's better than Karras was his rookie year. Like, everybody that's talking about, well, the Nets gave up so much for Harden and lost Jared Allen and Karras LeVert, and you gave up your whole identity for this guy. Listen, no Nets fan wanted to give up Karras LeVert and Jared Allen. No one. But with that being said, if we didn't give up Karis LeVert, one, his heart, and two, we don't draft Cam Thomas. So now we're we're enough in the future where not only do we have – we know Karis is healthy. So, like, as a human being, I'm just happy about that. But Jared Allen and Karis LeVert are fucking thriving. Good for them. Like, I have no ill will. I'm not mad we gave up on them because who knows if Jared Allen would have hit this in Brooklyn. That part of trades is that motivation, is that new setting. They grow as men as well as players because that's what moving and new situations do to people. So it's so in the past now. It feels like it's way longer than it is. It feels way longer ago than one year. Here's the funny thing, too. We just talked about what happened in the playoffs. And I thought this all the time, and I, I, it's another reason why for the life of me, I didn't understand why James Harden was giving up on this team so early. To me, what happened in the playoffs was the best thing that could have ever happened to the Nets for a couple of reasons. One, Joe Harris was a topic of controversy in that locker room uh, going into last year because they had to pay him. And the question was, hey, we know he's a great shooter, but he's never been in this position in the playoffs. We're going to need him in the playoffs. Is he going to show up in the playoffs? He didn't show up in the playoffs. That was something that the organization was dealing with when they were deciding to pay him. They paid him because it made no sense not to pay him because it was one of those things where even if you don't pay him, that money can't be used for anyone else. So you might as well pay what you need to pay him to keep him. And they love Joe Harris. You know That locker room loves Joe Harris. Let me make that very clear. When he froze up in the playoffs, when Kevin Durant didn't have any other help in the playoffs, with the health of Ke- Ke- uh, Kyrie and James Harden in question, it made Sean Marks have to get a guy like Cam Thomas, a guy who's a shot maker, a shot creator, and a guy who is not afraid of the moment. And you have seen Kevin Durant embrace this kid and say, yo, man, I'm get- he's had a couple game winners already. Where Kevin Durant has told him, like, if I'm doubled, I'm throwing you the ball. Be ready. Why? Because this is going to help them in the playoffs. Even the 11-game lose streak, James Harden quitting on the team. We've seen a lot more of these young guys getting the playing time and getting their confidence. Again, it's really weird to say, but all the bad things that have happened to the Nets, I truly, truly, truly believe, and maybe I'm being an optimistic Nets fan, I think it's actually helped them going into the this year's playoffs because you have a guy like Cam Thomas who can step up when you need somebody else to step up. You have a guy like uh, De'Ron Sharp who's getting minutes and playing time and getting better as a big. You're, you have a guy like, like Nick Claxton uh, who's been in and out, but he's getting minutes. A guy like Kessler Edwards who, who, by the way, another great wing defender who's getting confidence on the offensive end because he's had so much playing time with these guys out. These are guys, like you know, like I've always said, it's championships are a team 
accomplishment. We always want to give all the accomplishments to the superstars. It's a team accomplishment, right? You need a Robert Ory. You need a uh, 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 James Pax, uh, 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 Steve Kerr. You need these guys, a Ray Allen. How, uh, how many times do these role players win you a game that, that goes on to win you a championship? And now you got your role players feeling confident in these big moments. This is important. This is this is very, very important. And so it's one of those things where I, I think James Harden might have created a monster. I really do. And not to mention the Knicks game. Uh, I know it's the Knicks and they're on their own terrible losing skid, but the Knicks-Nets games, especially since the Nets moved to Brooklyn, both teams get up for it. It's, it, it's one of the few fun things that both teams suck. At least we know Knicks, Knicks, Nets, Brooklyn, or the Garden, it'll be fun. That's usually what it's been. And Cam Thomas had a coming out party where he, he just showed up. 28 points uh, de- uh, deficit erased, mostly with like, I think somewhere around 20 points came in the fourth quarter from Cam Thomas. And he, and he was balling. And we never saw, Car- granted, different players, Karis LeVert do that. So when people are saying we traded away our identity with Karis to a certain extent, but at the same time, we have the same GM and he's bringing in the same guys. Everybody thinking that this is just an identity less organization really doesn't understand what Sean Marks built to get a Kyrie and KD signed as free agents because Patty Mills fits exactly the the Brooklyn grit and grind that was here four years ago. Like this whole roster it's even filled with guys that we were killed for four years ago. Even Blake Griffin, even though his skills have been diminished, he's not the player he used to be. He still dives on the floor. He's a glue guy. Yeah, he's still going to hustle. He's still going to be a team first guy. He's still going to not pout if he doesn't play a certain amount of minutes. He's still going to be guys a guy that you want in that locker room. And so that's what I'm saying. And that's why, to me, I think it's telling how they reacted to this James Harden thing. Because for every, again, for everything that the media tries to put on Kyrie and everything, I keep saying there's a reason why James is going and Kyrie is still here. And the energy in that locker room is different. And that just tells you how much James Harden must have brought a black cloud on that organization. When, again, when they needed him the most, he went Avatar. And I think that... And I think that is so telling about this guy because, again, to me, it's not just about Brooklyn. It's everywhere and everybody he plays with. It's never his fault. It's everybody else's fault. It's Chris Paul's fault. It's Westbrook's fault. It's It's Jeremy Lin's fault. It's Dwight Howard's fault. It's It's everybody everybody else's fault. He didn't win a championship. The Nets aren't committed because Kyrie made a personal decision with his body, and the Nets respected that. They're not committed to winning a championship when you were the one that showed up out of shape and because you were out of that's shape. That's the craziest shit to me. The, and, that, and that's what it's like. It's Kyrie like, ain't never been out of shape. Like, I, and I, I'm out of shape. I'm not judging people who are out of shape, especially in the I'm last two years. It is super easy to get out of shape. One thing about Kyrie, like me and you on here into this very mic have said, get the fucking shot. Like we have disagreed with somebody that as a human being, we both like. Like, so it's not even about that. It's about when it comes to the sport of basketball, he isn't out of shape. He does take it very seriously. He takes pride in, in it. And, but so for all the people that hated on me and Brett a couple of years ago, when we quit essentially doing this because we knew we couldn't not be political. 
we would have been hated if we, we just turned this into a political podcast and we came up on here on our soapbox every effing week. Y'all would have hated us for it. So we had to take time. We had to take a mental break. We had to go be in our community. And y'all want us to shit on somebody that had more, was in a better position than us to do the same thing. Ain't gonna fucking happen. And then a year later, y'all want us to hate on somebody peacefully protesting. You wanna know something? Me and Brett aren't gonna hate on people we disagree with if they ain't hurting nobody. That's just not who we are as human beings. Like, we will shit on somebody who says that Dragon Ball GT is better than Super because it doesn't hurt nobody. We will shit on you for that. We're not going to shit on you. You could be a Trump supporter. If you never, ever hurt anybody and you're peacefully protesting, me and him will be the first people that that will stand up for you like, yo, leave him the fuck alone. Like, that's his right. So, like, this has just brought out the ugliness in people. And I say that not using Kyrie as an example, because when, especially when it comes to these vaccines and these mandates, me, me and Brett are both got the shot. But you know what me and Brett didn't come up on here and do? Saying, yeah, we need to enforce the government to get everybody with the, the shot so you have no personal control. That shit, it, you know, like, you can go too far in one way or the other, guys. Like, everything. First take is fucked up dialogues in sports and in the world in general with all these talking heads in the political sphere that you're either all all with it or you're all against it. Motherfuckers, did any of you watch Star Wars? This is the Sith. You don't deal in absolutes. And and when it comes to the the Brooklyn Nets, it's either absolutely Kyrie's fault or nothing. That's what it's been the last couple of years. Whenever me me and Brett can't even do a podcast, ironically, it's a good thing too, but without bringing up Kyrie, because there's some type of narrative that me and him are rolling our eyes at, at, at like, what are we even talking about? That's why there's been less of these. Because yeah, it'd be so and, and, fucking repetitive. And it's just common sense. Again, that locker room seems like a breath of fresh air because somebody isn't there anymore. That tells that says a lot. A guy that was probably the MVP of the team last year. A guy that again I did not want on this team, but I was the first to admit, you know what, James Harden, my respect for you has multiplied because the way he played last year. I had to step back and say, yo, I was wrong. All the stuff I heard about you, maybe I, maybe I need to take my own advice about Kyrie and not listen to outside people because I'm wrong. You came here and you did everything that this team needed you to do. But once again, when they really needed you, this is where you show up. When you had the opportunity to play your selfish ISO ball, you chose not to. You literally, when you got traded here from January to what, April? He was playing like a true point guard, one of the best Nets point guards since Jason Kidd. That's how good his passing was. I'll never not say that, guys. I don't care if I'm going to shit on him as a sixer now. That doesn't erase what I thought last year. With that being said, that was not who he was this year, period. Like, when it comes to players on the Nets, I I hope you guys can hear that I'm a real big Cam Thomas fan. When it comes to the big three, KD – Kyrie, then Harden, because if you watch all these games, Harden pissed you off way more than Kyrie ever pissed you off on the court. That's just that's just the truth. You could like him more. You could have you could hate Kyrie off the court. Me and Brett ain't here to legislate what you think of him as an individual. But when it comes to the the hooping, it's not close. It's just not. 
And it just doesn't make sense. Again, a guy that came in out of shape, a guy that's having a career lows, even though it's still playing well, because that's how good he is, right? Yeah. Career, career lows are still pretty freaking good. Um, still don't think he should be in the top 75 after looking at that whole list. There's so many snubs that I, it's just the NBA is deep. That's less about James Harden. That's just more like, how is he on there? Like Vince Carter's not on there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think James Harden should be top 75, but that's a different story. You think James Harden, a healthy James Harden is definitely better than Tracy McGrady? He accomplished more than Tracy McGrady. Whether, whether, whether he was better or not, he accomplished more than Tracy McGrady. On the same team, by the way. What about what about uh, Vince Carter? You really think he's better than Vince Carter? He accomplished more than Vince Carter. What do you mean he accomplished more? Elaborate. I mean, he he won an MVP. He was a scoring. He was a multiple scoring uh, champ. He uh, well, so was T Mac, but he was a multiple scoring champion. He was an MVP. He led his team to multiple conference finals. T Mac never made it out the first round. Uh, we forget that. Um, He's been healthier. You know, T-Mac, unfortunately, had the back spasms. He can never be healthy. Um, whether whether you, Whoever you think was a better player is debatable. But a lot of this, too, is accomplishments. James Harden has accomplished more than Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady. That's just, that's just the point. And to me, the problem – I hate to say this. The problem is all the old heads on that team, right? I, I understand. I understand – the integral to the history of the game. You want to continue to tell the the story of basketball. So you want some of those guys on there, but no offense. Some of those guys that were on that fifties team should not still be on that 75 team because they wouldn't shine current player shoes. Listen, man, I'm me and Brett are not going to get on here and say Robert Parrish isn't a legend, but Robert Parrish's numbers aren't, aren't that impressive when you compare him to Dwight Howard. Yeah, Dwight Howard impressive me. when you compare him to Dwight Honest to God, Dwight Howard to me is the biggest snub. Uh, Dwight Howard, we forget how great he was. Dwight in. Howard, you can, you, yo, Chris Bosh isn't on there, right? And to me, Kyrie, uh, I and I, I really hate doing this because once in well, if you're gonna put somebody on, who are you gonna take off? To me, you, there's no, there's no way Dame Lillard is on there and Kyrie's not. I'm sorry. No, the only argument, and this is one, this is from people that. Well, hate on Kyle, they're like, the only thing I can even think of is the amount of games played. But even that is like, you yeah, know, like. amount of games played, and he was the number one option on his team. He no, no, not there. even that. Not even that, because honestly. No, 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 this is like, I, I think Chris Bouchard was the main one that said that, like, well, you know, Dame over Kyle because he's a leader. He's brought his team to the conference finals, yada, 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 yada. I don't yada, think Dame yada. should be in over Vince Carter. He played Vince Carter. How many decades did Vince Carter play? I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, yeah, I, that's bias. This is Nets propaganda. If, if, if anywhere I could be, this Nets bias is on my goddamn pod. So I'm just saying. No, I, I agree with you. Vince Carter, Trace McGrady, Dwight Howard, Kyrie. I think they should all be on that team. My, Chris Bosh, Dikembe Matumba. My thing is this too. My thing is this too, right? For the same reason you have the old heads on here, you cannot tell the story of the NBA without Kyrie Irving. You can't. He hit one of the biggest shots in NBA history, he gave Cleveland uh, a championship. And I understand LeBron's part of that story, too, so he can tell that story for you. But that's not fair. You cannot X out Kyrie Irving's impact on that story. You can't do it. So if we're going to talk about the 
the story of the NBA, the 75-year history of the NBA, there is no universe in which you're telling that story without the 2016 finals. Down 3-1 to the 73-9 and team who are one win away from being considered maybe the greatest team of all time. And you're going to leave off one of the main guys that stopped them from doing that? One of the main reasons they beat that team. Like, come on. I, you, I, LeBron's one of my favorite players, right? But even LeBron, LeBron haters would be the first one to tell you that they don't win that ring without Kyrie. They don't. They so, don't. like, it's so weird that the Kyrie hater, that's why a Kyrie and a LeBron hater make zero sense to me. Because I'm like, you don't, you can't even hate on one and hate on the other at the same time. So you're telling me what, Kevin Love won that title by himself? Like, get out of here. But right. <laughs> no, no disrespect to Kevin Love. That's how good that team was because you forget that Kevin Love, a walking double-double, was on that team now. It's crazy. It's just crazy because we don't want to hate on Dame Lillard. We're actually hating on the old heads. We're picking on Dame Lillard because he's the easiest one that takes out our recency bias. Like, because me and Brett, trust me, we can go through and we're chucking a bunch of dudes from the 60s. Again, it's one of those things where, and this is where I hate the media. This is where, as members of the media, I say I hate the media because, again, we have to get out of our own way. I do not like when we take a guy we personally do not like or personally do like and elevate them over another. Dame Lillard is well-liked, as he should be. He's a great guy. Oh, yeah. I have not met one, one of the f- first basketball players that can rap decently. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I don't I don't think I've ever met somebody who doesn't like Dame Lillard besides maybe Patrick Beverly. I'm and not Patrick- joking. I'm not joking either. I'm saying, like, on, on some real shit, something that goes to people liking him is that he doesn't suck at rapping, and he actually right. loves rapping. That is just something, as a hip-hop head, I can appreciate. Because I remember you getting on me because I didn't listen to Amon Shumpert. Because, like, that's the difference in this generation. At least these guys are decent. Back in, back in the day, all you Kobe stands can pretend like he could rap, but he couldn't. Allen Iverson tried, too. I don't remember that because I blocked that out of my brain. But Diesel. I mean, the Diesel did a little platinum. Yeah, Shaq. I didn't bring up Shaq for a reason. Platinum <laughs> and gold. Legend. Shaq is, Shaq's one of the goats. Shaq's Jersey. top five to me. Like, Jersey. you don't bring up big big Aristotle, the Shaqtis, Shaqrates. Right. So my, <laughs> my thing is, you know, it's this this air. To be honest, I think like this era needs its own 75 list because the top 75 players of this era alone should probably all be on the list if we're being real. <laughs> like, I, I think, you know, it'd be a cool list for the NBA to do because then it would give the players a little bit more credit um, just among the casual fans. But they should honor not uh, 75 might be a little too deep. But all the players that were overseas, international players that have made whole careers from hoops that we are never going to pay attention to. And, and I'm not going to act like it's the same level because hell no, it's not. The NBA is the cream of the crop for the sport of basketball. And, and it's not like soccer where you have multiple world leagues that are arguably equal, right? But there have been multiple Euro players, international players that – just have have a legacy overseas and, and and they're growing the game in Africa. I just feel like they could have they could have included with the 75 this year, like, oh, by the way, check out these seven and a half, you know, make it funny. You're like dudes all time from across the globe that just yeah, my, we should give them some props. The Tony Parkers, because Dirk was on the list. So the Yao Mings, the Dirks, 
But not necessarily even like the guys that were also in the league. Like, you know what I mean? I'm talking about like, uh, what's the dude's name? Uh, Milos uh, Teodosic, right? He wasn't nothing when he came over here because he was way older. But he, for years, was considered the best player not in the NBA. Winning EuroLeague titles with uh, CSKA, Moscow. Well, the problem is it's not a basketball 75-year anniversary. It's the NBA 75 Oh, I know. I'm just saying as a hoop fan, how good they are at growing the game, I'm surprised – we haven't got there yet because just the seeing the growth in the last five years in Africa. And, and now that you're starting going to start seeing uh, all these African nationals just start making names and waves. Like how crazy is it that now the Australian league is just a league. We, we accept that pro talent comes from. It went from Australia to, Oh, he plays in the A league. All right. Well, you know, what, what's the numbers he putting up? How does team do yada, yada, yada. The game is growing. And that's and that's David Stern, you know, rest in peace, David Stern. That, that's definitely his legacy. He wanted to make the game as international as soccer. And it's, you know, it's getting there. It's not there yet, but it's getting there. Um, so you're right. Uh, they definitely need more love for the international guys. Uh, obviously, Steve Nash made the list. He's from Canada, stuff like that. <laughs> more proof that on, 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 if you're not a hockey fan, Canada is just America. Like, like no, no, you know how you you know how many hoops fans there are. Ain't nobody remembers Steve Nash as an international. <laughs> Steve Nash and Tim Duncan are as American as you can get. Right. Tim, say, Tim Duncan's Tim, an international Tim, player. Fuck out of here. Tim Duncan's international. Tim Duncan's on the list. Um, Tim Duncan's from Texas, and you ain't telling me that he spent more of his time living in San Antonio than anywhere else. Shut up. <laughs> like, oh, he's <laughs> he's from insert island here, man. <laughs> like if you if. Boy, if you don't, <laughs> it, it, it is what it is. But yeah, it's it's one of those weird things. I, like I said, I think to get back to what we were talking about, I think James Harden should be on the list. I know, uh, and I, obviously, if y'all haven't seen the last two pods, I'm not a fan of him right now. But that's what I'm saying. I got to take my bias out of it. He's a top 75 player easily, without without a doubt. He's a top. So he's one of the best scores we have ever seen. Whether whether you like the way he scores or old not, old man ball, bro. He plays old man ball. Yeah, whether you like the way he plays or not, he's one of the best scorers we've ever seen. He definitely deserves to be on the list. Where, where is, I'll let y'all debate on where he would fall on the list, but he deserves to be on the list. Um, so that, so then, and like I said, I, I just hate the fact that we as journalists can't do that. Kyrie should be on the list. He's not on the list because people don't like him. Dame's on the list because people like him. It's just that simple. You know what I mean? Dwight Howard is not on the list because people don't like Dwight Howard, which I don't think is fair because he... Most people seem to like Dwight Howard. Like, you don't really see that many players, like actual people that interact with him, hating on him that much. I mean, and and Kobe and Shaq both have a lot to do with that because he basically tried to be Shaq, and it's like, bro, you can't be the goofy big man that doesn't take the game seriously unless you're winning, right? So Dwight Howard, you know, didn't win a ring until obviously the Lakers won in the bubble. And people overstate the Shaq hate. Shaq was being competitive. Like, yo, you're the next center. You're the new Lakers. Went from Magic to the Lakers. You're calling yourself Superman. So Shaq was taking it more personally as like a a competitive, like, oh, you're not going to be me. But that's who Shaq is. That's why he's Shaq. So uh, people read way too much into Kobe because I feel like Kobe said at some point before he passed away, he would have handled it differently, too. Like, he's not perfect. That's the craziest part, because you're right. We act like the dudes that we like handle it perfectly because we don't like X, Y, and Z. When we're all people, 
And most of the time, and this, this is what the tragedy of Kobe Bryant is, because the little bit of time we got of him away from the game and how much reflection he did in that short amount of time where he was just like able to make fun of himself and able to be like, yeah, I could have definitely handled that better. And also when he doubled down, like, no, that motherfucker's a pussy. <laughs> so we've liked both of it, but that's sports. Like the writers are going to be humans too. They're definitely going to put their friends in and, and the ones they don't like out. And, and, and there is different levels of don't like, like Kyrie, there's an argument that he shouldn't be there because he hasn't played a full season. Like, I understand that argument. He's not T.O. that didn't get in the first ballot because he had a workout in the driveway. Yeah, which I still... Uh, which, I know, I know, I know, I know. You no, know I was thinking about that. Like, I hate that. Like, that's so stupid, especially since it's going to be... Enough, especially when, like, okay, Brett, I should have said Starberry eating Vaseline because Brett is about to go off about these right No, because no, here's why I don't like that, right? We can the media controls these guys' legacy, and I think it's just so petty. Where it's like, oh, I control how history will remember you, right? The top 75 team, we're not going to get a top 100 team for 25 years, we're not guaranteed to be here 25 years, right? <sighs> and, we, and we all and we always keep saying, give somebody their flowers while they're there. Well, okay, so 25 years from now, when the top 100 team is in, is Kyrie going to suddenly be there? Oh, why? Because they the Nets might have won a championship or two between now and then. No, like he should have been in the 75 team. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, and not just him, like Dwight, all the rest of them, where it's like, guys, give them their flowers. You. Why? I agree. Right. T.O., especially in football, the reason why that T.O. thing pissed me off, because that screws other people up. When you don't put T.O. in the first two years just because you're being petty because he – did put sit-ups in the driveway and cried and said, that's my quarterback. You're not just screwing over T.O. You're screwing over other guys that now have to wait that third year because now T.O.'s in when he should have been in. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there, There's a microcosm of effects that this has when we continue to screw up people's legacies. It's not fair and it's not right. And it's a bunch of people that can't get out of their own ass and can't get out of their own way. And I hate that. I hate, I hate how much power the media has on these guys' legacies. I really do. They, they, cause a lot of times they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. It's just that simple. And well, I mean, we, we see that funny. Oh, and, 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 and real quick, cause you just reminded me what they don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I've heard a lot of talking heads ever since or around the, the last month talking about all the shit that the Nets gave up, how we gutted that, grit and grind team that was, you know, D'Lo, Karras, and all them. And who, who's left and all this other shit? Because pretty much they're just talking about Karras and Jared Allen. That's like all the only names they know from that one series that we lost against the Sixers. Great memory, but still. So D'Lo is gone, obviously. And that and people just remember these four names. And obviously jo- Joey Buckets is the one that's still there. People don't know where Jaza Musa is. People don't know where Rodion Curix is. They're not even in the league. But but they're ready. But people are ready to jump on the nets for not keeping that in 2019 roster when some of those dudes that were on that 2019 roster aren't in the NBA right now. Granted, I'm giving Kenny Atkinson flowers still for that because he because I do like him as a youth development coach. He's great at it. But the the hate, especially for the nets, because we didn't have any picks. Sean Marks rebuilds this team way sooner than anyone anticipated. We didn't miss, we missed the playoffs for like three years, guys. And now we're back and we're title contenders. And there are people 
both talking heads on TV and front running ass uh, fans that claim to be Nets fans now that were not here three years ago that are acting like this has been the most chaotic two months that they've ever seen with the Nets. Dog, me and Brent didn't even break a sweat. We didn't even, we didn't even care to talk because we're like, like you, we lived through a twelve win season. We lived through a twelve win season. Shut up. They could have literally lost twenty games in a row, and I would not have cared. I'm I'm, I'm dead serious about that. I could care less. Oh my god, you guys want to let lost eleven? Who gives a flying f? We had one guy who was not there half the time. We have another guy that wanted to be out. We had other dudes that should that are we had we were playing like five rookies, I think, at one point. Yeah, we're going to lose a bunch of games. Guess what? That's not the team going into the playoffs. That's not the team that I'm wait, that I'm counting on to win me a chip. Until that team loses games healthy and we don't have guys boxing people out in midair, making mistakes with their fucking feet, I'll be I'm 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 good cuz I still believe if the Nets are healthy they're going to win a chip. I still believe that. I said I said it earlier, I'm going to say it again. If the Nets are healthy they're going to win championships. The question is health. And right now, there's no reason to not be optimistic about health because right now they're healthy and they're going to be healthy because we know we know that Katie's on the way back and he's already said he's feeling fine, he's feeling great. He'll be back soon. Oh, real quick, before we wrap up, it's funny because we've been talking to what ifs and we, we chose to do this really recent what if just because we're in the now and we wanted to get it over with because we are we want to do better what ifs than what we just recorded right now. With that being said, you know what is like a what if that no one ever thought to do? What if the Nets after the Boston trade won? No one's ever actually said what, because we just talked about the top 75 players, right? KG and Paul Pierce, rightfully so, are top 75 all-time NBA players. How much more would their legacy have been solidified if back in 2013 the Nets won the title? Would Darren Williams have made the top 75 because not only would he have that ring, he also would have two gold medals. And he wouldn't have been hated. Joe Johnson, would he be on the top 75? Because he's top 20 in scoring. So it's just funny because because we talked about butterfly effects. It's always started with this one where we could kind of have more of a casual conversation because the farther back you go, that's the whole conversation is the butterfly effect. We, we, beat, we beat the heat. We make the finals. I, hypothetically, the, the Brooklyn Nets win. So not only is Paul Pierce that, a legendary Celtic, he's a legendary Net. A year, and that would have been a year against the Thunder. So honestly, I think we would have had a pretty decent chance. A veteran team against a young Thunder team that kind of their youth kind of hurt them in that series. Even though talent-wise, they might have been better with KD, Russ, and James Harden. I'll, I'll let you know right now, ain't no way KD ever signs the Nets as a free agent if, if the Nets beat that Thunders team, <laughs> hypothetically speaking. I don't think that I don't, I don't think he's ever a net. That's my butterfly effect years down the line. That never happened. Not, I don't think so because it's not like it was a heated – I don't think it would have been a heated rivalry or anything. It would have been – that's the Wait, hold on. Excuse me. People hate he the Celtics, the right? Wait, wait, so he went to the Warriors. What are you talking about? After they beat the Yeah, Warriors. but hold on. What would have been different if the Nets win that finals? How would the draft have been different? Me and you didn't go back and look at the 2013 draft to see how it was different. What year did Clay Thompson come in the league? 2011. He was already on the Warriors. We're old, bro. Yeah, he's the same year as Kai. No, but what I'm saying Fuck. is... This Sorry. My, my mortality. My mortality. 
To say that he wouldn't have went to the Brooklyn Nets, why, why would we say that? He went to the Warriors. Why wouldn't he go to the Nets? And, again, I don't think it would have been a – now, then again, it is KG and Paul Pierce. So is there a good chance that they're talking shit the whole series and pissing? Wait, so what year did Monta Ellis leave the Warriors? Because remember the, the Warriors fans booed the owner after they traded Monta Ellis because they were, you know, putting faith in the Steph Curry, which – Everybody listening now is like, fucking duh. But back then, it, it, Monta Ellis was a big deal to get rid of. If you went to the Mavs, I'm just saying. We forget, we forget Steph Curry, his first six years in the league, was kind of just a guy. He wasn't. No injuries. Yeah. We forget how injured he was that early. Because he, he didn't win until, that's why I was like, wait, was Clay there in 2013? Because they weren't the Warriors until 2015. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is also insane because that's seven fucking years ago now. Like this, this Warriors era has happened. People, that's why the whole y'all. Okay, we're about to wrap up, but real quick, if y'all still out here arguing over LeBron's greatness, you're you're the one taking an L. Like I don't care. You're comparing him to Jordan. You're comparing him to Kobe. Whichever one you want to compare him to, compare him to your mom. I don't care. Like, what's your argument? What are you talking about? Like, really, dude? Like, that dude's been playing basketball for 20 fucking years in, in the public eye. Like, what is your argument? That he didn't have six years like like Jordan. Okay, great. Great. Like, you I just don't argue, get it. And you can argue he did, but unlike just spaced Jordan, out. <laughs> unlike 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 Jordan. He uh he wasn't the be- he wasn't on the best team. I mean that Warriors team screwed everything up. Really, I mean the Cavs would have won multiple championships. The Cavs would have the Cavs would have three in a row if it wasn't for the Warriors. Yeah, think yeah. about like again, where's Kevin Love in the top seventy five? Kyrie's definitely on there, but Kevin Love's on there if the Warriors don't exist, like the in this incarnation that we know of. Like that's an, and and the the KD Warriors team is the best team of all time guys like i'm really getting sick of people acting like the bulls would definitely beat them in a seven game series the bulls might win too because you got to guard the warriors yeah and they're going to have to shoot you're going to have to be able to shoot and those bulls teams weren't the shooters yeah michael jordan can drop 50 and still lose by 10 yeah yeah michael jordan and kobe bryant as much as y'all love them, they weren't the most efficient scorers. Let's just remember that. But oh know. my god, bro! In a couple of the groups I'm in, the, the Kobe, the Kobe stands feel empowered again. They existed before his death, so it has nothing to do with his death. But apparently, he played with bums during those two rings in a, in a three-peat stretch. Okay, Whatever. I saw a bum-ass Lakers team that Kobe won with online. That yeah, bum, the bum-ass. Lakers. <laughs> I just broke bread. I just broke bread. The bum-ass Lakers team lost to Steve Nash and the Suns when they were up 3-1, but let's not talk about that. Anyway, you can find me at Never For Bright Me. That's, and, and, and by the way, I do hate talking about Kobe after his death, especially like where he ranks all time, because I just think that's weird. I just think that's weird. You know, well, it's weird because we as fans expected him to be here for the team. Yeah, the I, team. I, obviously, he would never watch this podcast, but I, I would, if I'm going to say where I, especially because like me personally, I've always thought Kobe was a little overrated, just a little bit, not not too much, but just a little bit. I would want Kobe to be here to, call, to tell me I'm a dumbass. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to say that, that he's not here. That's just. Do you want an olive? Just, 81. 
Yeah, just, that's that's <laughs> that's one of my favorite commercials. I don't care. It just doesn't sit right with my soul. So Kobe's like, three for me. Yes, he's third all time for you. For, for my personal top five, Kobe and Shaq are in my top five. Shaq's in my top five. Kobe's not. I'm trying to think who would round out my top. I guess uh, my personal top five: LeBron, Jordan, Kobe, Shaq. I've always, I've always said Kobe. I've, I've always said if if you put Kobe anywhere between seven and twelve, I'm good with it. That's that's why I've always said Kobe's weird because it's like he is one of those guys. He is obvious how you view sports, right? The eye test guys usually have them top five. Some people have them like goat status top three. The super analytic guys, they have him like 15 to 20 because if you really break down his numbers, they're not as great as we remember them, right? Especially the efficiency and stuff like that. Me as somebody who is more of an eye test guy but does like to use the numbers, but even my eye test says, yo, I don't think this guy's as great as you guys think he is. We just love his tenacity and everything like that. Again, if you put him seven anywhere between 7 and 12, I think that is a good range. And for people to say, oh, my God, this, yes, I'm so sorry. I'm saying Kobe Bryant, at worst, is the 12th best player that person to ever pick up a basketball and throw it at a fucking hoop. I'm so sorry that is disrespectful. In the history of history, I am There's so people sorry. out there that think I'm being ridiculous because I because I, I will say, yo, Shaq got an argument for the GOAT. Oh, no, I'm like, okay, I remember Shaq, like prime Shaq. If, if, if he if he was 20 years later, same guy, he's still Shaq in this league because you can't stop him. Hack a Shaq. Yes, the reason we have that hack a term is because Shaq existed. And you know what it stopped? Nothing. He still has four rings. Right. And, and people realize, thank God he never worked in his free throw shooting because he be, we literally could not stop him. <laughs> so if he came up now with everything we know science-wise – not only would he be able to still be Shaq and like be this personality and grow his own brand, make his own music. He could do everything he did in the nineties, but he would be able to work on his game and eat like shit and still keep the weight off because he'd have all these nutritionists like, okay, this is what you got to eat. Like, and if, and if you're going to eat, this is how we got to work out. Yeah. And And it's crazy because people really don't realize that was just Shaq showing up. That was Shaq showing up. And by the way, he probably would be a better free throw shooter and everything else. <laughs> My God. He got away with it back then because it was all, oh, yeah, big man don't shoot free throws or whatever. Now with, with shooting, bit, he wouldn't be shooting threes, but I guarantee you he would have shooting coaches helping him with his free throws. I guarantee you. And, it and he would probably would have been the most, most dominant player. If, well, yeah. I'm sorry, he's already. Yeah, sorry. I was like, not, was <laughs> it? Would have been? He is. That's the craziest thing. People of a certain age word it like that. Shaq is the most dominant, not the greatest, the most dominant. And it's one of the most sideways compliments because it's kind of like, the fuck is the difference? <laughs> like, what are you actually like, saying? Like right now, Giannis is probably the most dominant, but he's not the best player in the league. Yeah, exactly. Like, because no, Giannis is undeniable. You can't, like, me and you, like, one, a couple of my boys got on me for, for being emotional during the playoffs. They waited because they were like, I get it. So they waited a couple months, and it's like, you really going to sit up here, your Shaq loving ass, and hate on Giannis's game? And I was just like, shut the fuck up, Skirbs. That's, that's what I said. How about that? How about that? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, So it is what it is, and we got plenty of more time because guess what? The Nets are going to win it all. I don't give a fuck.
what you guys That's going to win it all. And if you like this series, please let us know because we really, we really want to do a lot more what ifs. There's, there's some football ones I'm really excited about. And we want to do the different what ifs than other people. All right. We're not going to do the what if Chris Paul got traded to the Lakers. That's been done multiple times. We want to do what ifs. That Lakers are- win 18 titles and they're still playing right now. There, we wrapped it up. Good. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, we want to do ones that people haven't really thought about. and that Because, again, to your point, that's the beauty of sports, right? There's so many different moments in time that if something happened differently that we don't even think of. Like, one of the ones that I want to do is a Steelers-related one, and I wasn't even thinking about it until I until I thought about it. I said, wait, oh, my God, if this actually happened, this could have happened. And it's crazy. So I'm it's really excited to do that one. But we want to do these, you know, now that, now that it's kind of the dog days of sports, right? You, you got the end of the regular season. Baseball might, might not even be coming back right now. Uh, obviously, there's no football until the draft. Oh, the, the other Nets what if we're, we, we, we we're going to do is uh, one week. We're, we're pretty much a redo pod because we had it up a couple of years ago for, uh, what was it, uh, uh, Mama Day. And mm-hmm. it was what if Kobe got drafted to the Nets? Because if you're old enough, you remember that was a thing. So we're definitely going to do that because then we can really play the butterfly effect game just by looking at the draft the next couple of years. We, we could argue if Kobe would have demanded a trade out because he demanded a trade away from the Lakers, even though a bunch of you motherfuckers don't remember that. So it's right. like because right, that's when he was on those bum ass teams. That, <laughs> not, not when he was winning the championships. Not, not teams of Pau Gasol, Andrew Bynum, Lamar Odom, Meta World Peace. Derek Fisher, those teams were not bum ass teams, you fucking children. But anyway, you can, you can find me at Not the Chuck D on all the socials. We're at the underscore dope blog on Instagram, the dope blog, all one word on Twitter. And he got some underscores in his name. Yeah, and I've never brought me at that's N E V A underscore the number four B R E T T underscore M E. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like, share, and subscribe. And join us next time as we just continue to discuss other people's excellence. Go Nets. Go Nets. <laughs>